The combination of this university with its world-class education and this athletic department with its some of the best programs in the respective sports in the country, and this basketball program with one national championship and 10 Final Fours and 14 Sweet Sixteens and 27 NCAA tournament appearances and 20 Big Ten championships and 51 draft picks in a location where there is a rich pool of talent to recruit beginning with this state and then that whole combination supported by Buckeye Nation a passionate fan base that absolutely loves and craves a winner that combination was was just simply too hard to pass on are you ready for the best Buckeye basketball podcast by the fans for the fans where they cover the Buckeyes in the Big Ten from a perspective like none other, the OHIO Podcast is proud to present Shot from the Shot. Here are your hosts, Nikki D and the Monk. Here with shots from the shot with Nikki D and the Buck. Jason, how are we doing tonight? Oh, doing real good. How are you, man? I'm um, doing great. <sighs> Didn't get much sleep last night after that wild uh, final game last night where Kansas comes back down by 15 at half to beat North Carolina. Your thoughts, man? Let's just dive into it. Your thoughts? Um. Well, I didn't get to catch a lot of it because I was at work, but when I first checked the score at around halftime, I mean, North Carolina was just beating the crap out of them, so it must have just been a total tale of two halves where momentum just completely switched, obviously. Like, I can't believe they were able to pull off one of the biggest comebacks in NCAA championship history. So I'll definitely have to go back and watch it, watch the replay. You definitely have to, man. It was exciting. I don't want to ruin it for you. I'm sure everybody else watched it. I mean, Kansas is your 2022 NCAA men's basketball champions. Um, I wouldn't do justice if I didn't mention the 2022 women's champions in what seems to be a new dynasty in the making. The University of South Carolina tops UConn and Paige Booker Bukers. Oh man, Jason, well, we had. Have, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say I got just one one thing to mention on that had. Ohio State transfer Dorka Uhas been playing. UConn would have won that game. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course. We had a lot of surprises this March. Uh, you know, March always is the madness. We had some madness this March. St. Peter's making the Elite Eight. UNC taking now Gonzaga and then ruining Coach K's storybook ending um not bouncing them out of the final four um your thoughts over this this whole march madness i'm gonna leave it up to you go ahead well it was uh you know when we were filling out our brackets i had said it was going to be a tournament with a lot of upsets and if you go by the numbers and the rankings there definitely was a bunch of upsets i mean the first round i believe had eight upsets Second round had six. Third round, there was four. Um, none in the Elite Eight. And then one in the Final Four, obviously, with North Carolina. But 
when it's all said and done, it, the tournament still shows us that it's going to be the blue bloods that just have that formula to win it and get the job done. Because when you got down to the final four, it was what Duke, North Carolina, Kansas. So that, you know, Villanova. That's blue, yeah, that's that's your blue bloods right there. So it's like you know the early rounds. Yeah, we're going to get the upsets, but don't don't go against the proven teams. As as I did in my bracket was horrible. <laughs> I I don't disagree. Uh, this this tournament, like you said, it always does seem like the blue bloods are there. Um, Gonzaga makes a run maybe to the final four, you know, a couple years here and there. Um, but you're right, it, it is your blue blood programs. Um, what was your thoughts on the whole uh, St. Peter's run to the Elite Eight? Ah, I tell you, I was very impressed. You know, I mean, we've had, you know, teams like Butler and Wichita State, but they were ranked higher, and you heard about them through the year. St. Peter's just came out of nowhere. I mean, how fun were they to watch? (laughs) I was quite impressed. And honestly, after the first weekend when my bracket completely went to crap, I was pulling for them just to go all the way. I would have loved to have seen it. Oh, yeah, that would have been awesome. It really would have been. Um, did you know that since their Elite Eight run, um, it, it appears that three of their players have announced that they have entered the transfer portal? Oh, I and don't I think it was their me. three guards. Yeah, that, that oh, I can't think of his name. The, um, I think he hit the shot to go into overtime, the first overtime against Kentucky. Oh, I can't even think of it, but that guy I figured would either go in the NBA or transfer portal for sure, because that dude was a shooter. Doug Etter. Yeah, there you go. And then um, if, on CBS Sports, if you go to their all-time greatest upsets, that St. Peter's defeating Kentucky was actually number three all-time. Oh wow. Yep. Um, I'm gonna take a shot in the dark. I haven't looked at the look at the list. I'm gonna take a guess. The number one upset of all time has to be UMBC over Virginia. Absolutely. Only 16 number over 16 over one. one. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, want to do justice since we are basketball, college basketball, want to do justice if we didn't talk a little bit about Coach K. Um, your thoughts on you know, his last season coaching, Jason? Well, you know, I've never never been a fan of Duke. Um, the only players, player I really ever liked out of Duke was Grant Hill, but that's because he was a Piston, and I'm a diehard Pistons fan. <laughs> um, but I will give it to Coach K. I mean, who, who else could have brought the look of wearing the suit with the basketball sneakers and making it acceptable? <laughs> I mean, his record speaks for itself. The guy is a coaching legend. I mean, he's won multiple titles. He's won gold medals. He's coached a a who's who's list of all the greats from college to the NBA. I mean, the guy just commanded respect, and I give him my respect. You know, he's the only coach in NCAA history to make a Final Four in five different decades. Wow, no, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? crazy? Um, Man, I can't believe he's been coaching that it, long. It actually, it would would have been cra- even crazier, I think, if 
Well, I mean, okay, so he coached 1980, he coached in the 80s, the 90s, 2000, 2010, and 2020s. Right. So technically that's in five decades, right? Over a 40, technically a 40 year pan or span, but, um. Well, that's my whole life. (laughs) If I'm not mistaken here, he would have been, um, the only coach in NCAA history. Oh no, he did not win an NCAA tur- uh, championship in the in the eighties. Um, but he would have been one of the few coaches to uh, to win a championship in four different decades. He won it in three. Right. Well, and I also I I can't believe I forgot this, but I gave him the biggest. Respect for beating the Fab Fab Five Michigan team. That's oh yeah, a great one. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Chris Weber beat him too. So, <laughs> right. uh, I tell you, Coach K and them are lucky though that uh, Javon Howard wasn't total gangster at that time. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, but no, my. My thoughts on Coach Casey is probably one of the greatest NCAA coaches, NCAA basketball coaches to ever coach the game. Um, just thank you, Coach Coach K, um, for being you and coach, you know, and showing uh, nothing but respect to every, you know, to, to to just the game of basketball at every level that you ever coached. It was, you know, a pleasure to watch you. Um, now moving on to our head coach. Jason, Mr. Holtman. We didn't have the year we were expecting. Our roster looked promising. We did have some injuries. What is in store for this upcoming season? Do you think? Um, I know we well, as we were talking here um, earlier, we're losing about eleven guys potentially. That's almost the entire team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this year was quite the roller coaster. I mean, you know, when we did the the preseason look at everything and our predictions, everybody expected, you know, we might have expected too much. But, I mean, with what we had coming back with Liddell, Young, Suing, uh, Zed Key showed so much promise his freshman year. And Wheeler seemed like he was going to be a great fit that didn't really pan out the way we hoped. And Russell definitely didn't pan out the way we hoped. Um, you know, it kind of started off tough them first couple games, but then they got to Bowling Green, blew them out. They really picked it up from there. You know, beat, beat uh, Seton Hall, and unfortunately we lost a couple close games to Florida and Xavier but then come right back and beat number one Duke. Like, everybody was sky high on this team at that point, and the team looked great. But it was just a season of injuries. Like you said, I don't think not one time did we play a game with a full roster. And then you have the COVID cancellation, so it just broke up the timing of that team. And they just couldn't stay consistent enough to keep a good run going. And, I mean – there was so many problems that if you really kind of break down the team, especially like in the 
um, the guard play. I mean, the guard play alone was just awful if you look at it, especially like turnovers wise. I broke down a little bit here. Um, Wheeler on the season, he had 51 turnovers on the year. Uh, Russell mm. had, had 15 turnovers to 13 assists on the season. Um, Michi Johnson, 35 turnovers to 31 assists. Eugene Brown, who's not really a guard per se, he's more, you know, more forward, but he's in the backcourt. So I put him in here too. It was 14 to 14. And then Arns was 22 turnovers to 26 assists. I mean, you're not going to be able to do anything when you cannot hold the ball. As a team, we were 358 turnovers to 325 assists. It, it, you're just not going to get it done. I don't care how good offense you got. You can't hold the ball. You don't score buckets. So Yeah. You have to take care of the ball. And we both said that that would most likely be an Achilles heel um, of this team going into the season. It would really depend if we could take care of the basketball. I... It, it kind of always seemed that way, too, last year. We had a lot of trouble taking care of the basketball, and that's what really cost us some of those games down the stretch come tournament time when you're playing, you know, even, like, teams like Loyola Chicago who gave us a game. You know, oh, they yeah. gave us a game, and we're turning the ball over. Well, when you do that, those guys are seniors and juniors. You know, I mean, we have seniors and juniors, but our seniors and juniors are are turning the ball over. Yep. I I don't know if there is a. I, I don't know if Holman just says, "Oh, okay, well, we're going to try to we'll just overcome it," because we're going to place better defense that will create more turnovers than we give up. But we don't create those turnovers. Nope. <laughs> not at all. And I, I think last year what kind of negated the turnovers to not look as bad as they did this year was the fact that we had Dwayne Washington, who would just out of nowhere in a two-minute span put up 12 points and keep you know get us ahead or keep us right in it. Right. Stretch the lead back. Yeah, we, we didn't have that, that – uh, come and just put a dagger in your heart guy this year we, we really didn't have a vocal leader this year and that, that really hurt us that is true so and I mean the front court had its problems as well we were undersized um Zed Key granted he he did increase his points per game and his rebounds but he just was not what I especially expected him to develop into this year. So I'm I'm hoping next year when we have a little more size with um, Etzler getting to play and uh, Akpara that they can keep Zed Key at uh, at the power forward instead of at center, and he might be able to actually flash and do better. But we'll see. Yeah, I I agree. What I really hope though. Is like Malachi Branham comes back. Um, I hope some of these guys do come out, come back, and don't go into the transfer portal. Um, I mean, we saw Justin Arns already enter the transfer portal about three hours ago. Um, it was announced that he was going to be entering the transfer portal. 
I I wish him the best of luck, but honestly, if you want to know my honest opinion, I can't say that I'm going to miss him. Oh, you you know me. I've been on down on that guy the entire time. I mean, he just defensively he was such a liability. <laughs> like I I don't get it. I mean, I know you're a white guy and you're supposed to be slower, but he was six six guarding smaller guys, and he's got these long arms. He should have been able to stay in front of him. I I don't get it, but yeah, I'm actually kind of well, glad then, he's gone. But I do wish him the best wherever he goes. Me too, me too. I wish him the best. But as you said, he was a liability on defense, which. On defense, you know, anytime somebody's a liability on defense, um, I call him Ryan Gosling from Remember the Titans. You know, Allen. <laughs> call him an Allen. Well, we need to get a PD in there to replace him. <laughs> you know, a little PD Jones because, you know, that, I mean, that's what, you know, he, that's what, you know, he was a liability for the Titans on defense. Yep. Just like Justin Arns was for us. So, but then on the other side of the ball, you know, I'm looking at this article right now. It says Ohio State sharp shooter. When was he a sharp shooter? <laughs> High school. <laughs> I, I I don't mean to criticize, but when I saw him play, it was very few times where I saw him light it up. Yeah, I mean, what did he shoot from the three this year? Twenty three percent or something like that. Yeah, I'm not even sure. I I, I know it wasn't very good. No, it it was in the twenties. I know that. Taking a look here. Let's see stats. He shot thirty-four percent. and actually, his he went down almost ten percent from last year. It was that high this year? Wow. (laughs) 34.5%, right. No. Yeah, I just just can't believe it. Um, You know, I mean, best of luck to him. Um, I hope he finds a home. And wherever it is, I hope, uh, you know, he shines there. Um, You know, gets to play meaningful basketball. Um, And bigger news, and bigger news, our star... E.J. Lydell declares for the NBA draft. Yeah, we we all knew that was coming. That was definitely yeah. not a, a shock. But um, just kind of to go back, sorry, real quick, um, with uh, Malachi Branham. Yeah, go ahead. Basically in an interview that I heard about from um, a, re- a reporter for uh, – well, one of the Buckeyes podcasts, um, he said that Brandon gave an interview to ESPN basically saying that if he go when he goes to these things to get graded and he's told for sure that he's a number one pick, he's gone. He's not coming back. So he, he's pretty much gone, which is very unfortunate. I, I think he would benefit greatly by one more year. Ooh, so they did say that. So a source close to him, or he did an interview that hasn't been released yet that said, "Yep, with that with ESPN, if, that if he is a number, that if he gets told at one of these, you know, draft things that he's going to be the number one overall pick, he's leaving." 
No, if he's a first-round pick. Oh, just a first-round pick. Yep, just a first-round pick. If he basically knows he's going to be a first-round pick, which 90% of all draft, like mock drafts and draft sites have him as a for-sure first-round pick. So I'd say he's 95% gone. That's going to hurt. Yeah, it's definitely going to hurt, but in the same news, thank God we've got that transfer from Wright State, which will help a little bit. And another thing that will help alleviate that is if Justice Suing stays. Like, that's the one I'm really going to be paying attention to, is if he decides to come back for another year. Like, that that will take away. Because, I mean, if you look at it, if Suing wasn't hurt this year, would they had to have relied on Malachi Branham like they did all season long, or would he not have played near as much because Suing was there? Um, no, Suing definitely – they would have played together because they were both too talented not to have on the floor at the same time. Right. Um, so I think it would more of – if you want to know my – I think it would more have been like a Stephen Clay type thing. Uh, where you kind of just let Suing run his, run the offense and get him into a flow of the game, because you know Malachi, with his size, um, his ability to get to his his own spot on the floor to get into his own rhythm on like you know maybe every other possession, um, you would be okay with that you know right. as a coach. Um, well, so I, I think they would have was... played together. I was thinking more along the lines, though, of, like, would Malachi's numbers have been as good because they wouldn't have had to depend on him like they had to. If we had just assuming, I think everybody's numbers would have been better. Because I don't think we would have turned the ball over. Because I don't think we would have turned over the ball as much. Right. You know, and I I think he... I didn't think about it that way. And I think he also, and I think with suing on the floor, he also spreads the floor out and is that third scoring option that the defense needs to account for. Right. Um. So I mean, I think with justice, if Justice Sui comes back, I think obviously he helps our team greatly. Um. I think Malachi. I hope Malachi Branham comes back, but it looks like he's projected 14th to the Hornets. Yeah, I don't. PJ I don't see like him. Hell is projected 23 to the Milwaukee Bucks. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. I think that'd be a great fit for him. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I, I, I think it would be a great fit for him, too. I think he would shine there, and he and he would be a good fit for their team and fit well. And he wouldn't have to be rushed in. He'd be able to develop there. And, you know, they stick with their guys. So yeah, that that would be idea for him. I would like to see that. Only only for Liddell, I don't really care much for the Bucks, but I just want to see him succeed because so many people have been down on him about getting to the NBA. So I want to see him prove all those doubters wrong. I I definitely agree. I mean, so he is right now projected to be a lottery pick. But I, you know, if you're Malachi, you're a freshman. I get wanting to go play in the league, but with the NIL now in place, why wouldn't you want to stay in college where you can 
have access to all the facilities that you would within the NBA and be able to build your, you know, and really hone your craft. Well, unfortunately, like you said, lottery pick, that's multi-millions. I don't think there's going to be an NIL deal for him (laughs) worth that much. I mean, I could be wrong, but I just don't see it. I don't disagree. So what do you think about um, E.J. Lydell? Um, they said the mock draft has him to the Bucks. We both said that would be a really good fit. Um, your thoughts on E.J. Lydell um, as he does depart from us because he, he's definitely leaving. leaving. Oh, I tell you, what, what he has accomplished in three years, he, he's going to go down as one of the best ever to play at Ohio State. Like, I mean, you can't help but like the kid. He did everything right. He carried our team. He improved his game every single year. I you just there's nothing bad to say about that kid. Like I just wish him the best and I hope he succeeds. I I feel the same. I I feel the same. I wish him nothing but the best. I hope uh he comes back to Columbus, you know, as much as he can. Uh, so, you know, watch some games and visit, you know, and, um, you know, visit us back at the shot, uh, cause it would definitely be nice to always see him come home. Um, just like it is, you know, when any of our bug guys come home. Um, Jason, what is your most memorable moment, um, of this season? One of your but, most memorable moments. I was going to say, I put down a few, but uh, to me, the top moment, hands down, for the season was the win over Duke. You can't go any other way but that. I mean, that was a huge statement win for this program. And at the time, it had us going in the right direction. I mean, we were sky high at that point in the season, unfortunately. Uh, some things outside of our control just bit us and bit this team in the rear end, and they just didn't recover. So, but at least we got that. We can say we beat number one Duke and Shusevsky in his last year. <laughs> Definitely, one hundred percent. You said you had a few there. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, go and for then, your memorable moments for us. Um, as far as wins on the year behind Duke, I would say the win over Wisconsin because you know they ended up being highly ranked. And uh, won the Big Ten. That was a big win. The win over Illini. Um, now, like individual moments, um, got to say, uh, Branham shows in the very first game, he showed that no big moment was too big for him. Like when he come out and made that pass at the end of the Akron game to Zed Key down in the middle for the win, that was huge. Um, and then after that, I got, Michi Johnson hitting a three-pointer against Seton Hall in the Fort Myers tip-off. And then one of my personal favorites, E.J. Liddell having a block party in the little outhouse when he was just swatting that team up north up and down the court. That was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And I think last, uh, it shouldn't be last, but one of the last things I wrote was um, Branham basically coming out against Nebraska and dropping 35 and then 31 against Illinois. Oh, and the man that did not get the credit from, especially from our head coach that he should have, Joey Brunt 
getting a start against Michigan State and going off 7 to 10 for 18 points. And how he did not continue to get playing more playing time after that is beyond me. You know, it's very strange that we didn't play a longer lineup at times. Well, especially when he started, what he did. I mean, even that the game again, that we lost to the team up north, man, when he was playing in that first half, he was tearing it up. And then they just took him out of the game. <laughs> what the heck was he th- was Holtman doing? I don't know. But, yeah, like, now that you mentioned that, like, you know, when, that special moment there, I guess when we when he was playing there, it, when we had him Lydell on the floor at the same time, even with uh, with Malachi too, there was so much length. Yeah, <clears throat> that it was very hard to defend against, especially if you were trying to play small ball. And I mean the way that Liddell, I mean, what do you have? Eighty three, eighty three blocks this year. <laughs> like, come on. You got you got to go big and put him at the four, especially yeah. when when you've got the size to do it with Brunk. Uh, isn't Brunk seven foot? At, at least six ten, six eleven, at least. <laughs> so, and I think he has what like a eight foot wingspan Jeez. or something like that. That's crazy. Yeah, so I I that's one thing. I mean, I I've, I've stuck up for Chris Holtman so much when he people have downed him but the more I look back at it and look at things I just I don't know I can't I can't justify some of the things he does anymore I I I can't either so that was going to lead me into my next question um I know we kind of mentioned it uh you know when we were all together with the uh you know with the OHIO guys uh Eric and you know Buckeye Boggs and the wild man we talked a little bit about it, but is this, you know, after what we're seeing, you know, transfer portal, um, you know, this and that, some guys leaving, if we end up losing 11 guys off of our roster from last year, right, with the potential that, that we said that we had, right, mm-hmm. do you think the athletic department does look at Holtman and say, I know you got to – like, these guys are freshmen, but show us why we need to keep you. Oh, I, I definitely feel that way. I think regardless of what happens as far as these potential guys going in or out, um, like, to me, this is year six. Um, I mean, he's done really good for us. I mean, he's got – a hundred. I believe he's got 100 wins. Um you know, he finally got his tournament win, but this this is a put up or shut up year, in my opinion. I think they we do that they have to do to him like the team up north did with Harbaugh. You know, you show up or go away. <laughs> like that's where it's at. Well, you know, Harbaugh, think, Harbaugh did kind of showed up, and then did try to go away at the same time. Right. Well, I, I don't give Harbaugh the credit for it. I mean, no. that uh, that defensive coordinator is why they did what they did. That defense was just insanely good this year. Yes, it was. Um, I agree credit where credit is due, but I agree. Um, I do think that this is a make it or break it year for Holtman. Um, I think they're going to probably give him this last year with his recruiting classes. It's rated one of the best in the country, you know, top ten in the country. 
top and five. say top five, yeah, and say, hey, this is this is it. Show us why we need to keep you. Yep. And and we're not necessarily meaning championship or bust like you do kind of in football, you know, like conference championship or bust, right? Put us in the playoff or we're going to be moving on, right? Um, I think for Holtman that means getting being a one through four seed in the Big Ten ch- tournament. That would be a must for me. Um, and if you're not a one through four seed, you're winning the Big Ten ch- tournament, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I think also once you get into the NCAA tournament, make it to the sweets, uh, make it to at least the Elite Eight. Show us that you can at least get that far, you know, because we haven't been past the Elite Eight with, to the Elite Eight with Holdman at all. Nope. <clears throat> you know? So. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I just think, like, it's not necessarily winning championships, but show us that you can take us deep and have, a, like, a, you know, a good run. Yeah, it, it may not be winning a national championship, but I feel. <clears throat> he's got to either win the conference title or the tournament title, like you said. And, I mean, even if he wins one of those and can make the Sweet 16, I think that shows improvement. And he'll be able to stay on at least, you know, for another year. But really, I mean, the only reason I think he gets to stay now is because of that recruiting class. I mean, you have four of the five guys ranked in the top 61 in the nation. So, I mean, you got to kind of let them stick it around for that because you don't want those guys leaving if they did fire them. And now here's what gives me a little bit of extra hope, especially with bringing in that top uh, four-star point guard, Bruce Thornton, out of Georgia. The fact that he is a point guard and one of the new coaches, two coaching spots that we just filled recently – is uh, Jack Owens. Now, this guy, I was looking into him because I didn't know a whole lot about him. Uh, He's been at the Miami of Ohio head coach for the last five seasons. Granted, you know, they haven't had a good record, but who really wins at Miami of Ohio in basketball? Right. I mean, they they had a coach named John Cooper as well that did horrible. So, I mean, you got that to go with our football, John Cooper. (laughs) But prior to that, um, he had nine seasons at Purdue as an assistant coach, um, and his and I was reading an article when he was getting ready to leave Purdue for Miami of Ohio, and they said one of the biggest things that they were losing by this coach leaving is his recruiting. I guess he is a top-notch recruiter, and then they went on to mention his uh, central impact on their their guard play. And that when he was there, <clears throat> that Purdue had gotten its first uh, Mr. Basketball to commit out of the state of Indiana since 1991. Wow. Uh, it was, what was this kid's name? I know I got it written down. My notes are kind of crazy all over the place. Um, the kid's name was Caleb Swanigan. And then um, his uh, the, Owen's last four years at Purdue, he helped secure – four classes that all ranked in the rivals top 30 and you know here's uh 
a list of some of the guards that he had a big part in developing. Uh, Etwan Moore, guy was amazing. Raphael Davis, John Octius, Kendall Stevens, Bryson Scott, Tyrone Johnson. I mean, that's all of those guys won Big Ten awards at some point in their Purdue career. And then one that kind of hits closer to home with Ohio, even though this kid was uh, flying under the radar uh, coming out of high school, was Dakota Mathis, or Mathias, I'm sorry, out of Ohio. And he was just that, that great, typical guard, point guard that you need to be able to succeed in Big Ten play. So this guy is a proven winner, and the fact that he can develop guards, I'm really liking this uh, coaching hire. I think it's going to be a solid one for us. I definitely agree. I can't wait. Uh, hopefully our guard play improves because when you have more turnovers than you do insist, you're not going to win ball games. Nope. I, I don't know if you've watched a lot of footage on that Bruce Thornton, but this kid is the real deal, man. I mean, he, he can shoot, he defends, he can – break the lane he can pass I mean I I watched him hit a game winner from almost half court with like seconds left on the clock Um, and I mean he's he's ripped he's huge like the way he moves for a guy that's built like him he's gonna just bowl right through these big guys in the Big Ten conference play like he's built for the Big Ten there's no doubt about it oh I can't wait to I can't wait uh for him to get acclimated into the offense, it's going to be something to see. Um, anything else about the new incomers? Uh, that, yeah, that actually, um, I uh, the the transfer that we got coming in, I did a little little searching on him. You know, I, obviously we know he's six six, one eighty five, average twenty twenty points a game. He can rebound with seven point one, but one stat that really kind of jumped out to me that you don't really look at is he's an elite guy at getting to the free throw line. He was top 20 in that category, according to Ken Palm. He averaged six and a half fouls per every 40 minutes that he would get committed against him to where he'd get to the line. Like, that's insanely good. So, you know, he's not afraid to take contact. Um, His dad was actually a Hall of Fame Play, are in the Hall of Fame at Marshall University. So he's got the athletic ties. Um, as far as the recruits coming in, another one, I mean, I'm, I'm really interested, and I've said it multiple times, in Felix Akpara. Because this dude at 6'11", 7 foot, just the way he moves up to court, even with the ball, is going to be crazy to watch. And I think he's only been playing two years. And just how fast he's developed to jump up at, into, what's he ranked? Ranked uh, number 50 nationally. So that's going to be an interesting one. And then the small forward we got, I literally call him Baby Zion. The dude is six foot six, 240 pounds. Ooh, and he, big and boy. He, he can fly. I mean, I, I put up a, a short video a few months back where this guy throws him a oop off the backboard and he just comes out of nowhere and smashes it down. But he's ranked 61st in the nation. Then we've got a solid shooting guard, Roddy Gale. He's 59. Uh, Bruce Thornton's 42. And then we got local kid, 
Bowen Hardman, who is very, very underranked as far as I'm concerned. That kid is going to be one to watch by year three. I think he's going to be end up being such a great developmental player. I, I'm excited to see how he ends up by the time he's on his way out. Like, I don't know. I just see an upside for that kid. He, he's smooth. He can shoot. And, I mean, he's, he's a little bit taller. I think he's 6'3 or 6'4 at um, shooting guard and point guard, so he's a good combo guard. But I just think he's just not getting the respect he deserves. And then one last thing before we do get out of here. Yes, sir. Go ahead. What about Thad Mata back in the I, game? At I was Butler? just about <laughs> to ask. I was about to say I can't. I can't let it go without being it said. Thad, if you were going to come back, you could have come back home, buddy. Well, in a way, he did because, I mean, that's I mean, where he played. That's where he started coaching. I know, I know. But it's but how funny came is back it to, to us. That, that Butler's old coach took his job, and now he's at Butler. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's like, ooh, I'm going to maybe go to Butler for a year to get back into it, and then maybe if Holtman leaves, I'll go back to Ohio State, maybe. Yeah. Did you hear it here first? <laughs> so, um, and then on the – I'm sorry, I just thought about this too. I forgot I had written this down. Um, for the other coaching hire, uh, there was a couple different names thrown out, but the one I kind of stuck with just because it made kind of sense was um, – that they're going to promote from within, and they're going to promote uh, Mike Nettie. I don't okay. know a whole lot about him, but that was one of the two names that I heard the most about as far as uh, taking that second spot. So we'll see how that one pans out. But I, I really uh, like really like the Owens hire. I think that's going to yes. be really good. Yes, I think that is too. Um, we're going to get into uh, all of our recruits coming in. We're going to have a full recruiting episode um, coming up here soon. Um, I know uh, if you guys are in town, uh, come out to the Ohio State football spring game, uh, the OHIO podcast. I know we'll all be out there watching it. Jason, I, if you're able to come down, I think it's next weekend uh, um, no or the time. weekend after. Unfortunately, I can't make it. I really want to, so hopefully everybody comes out and supports. I would love to see that, but uh, my son has a travel baseball tournament up Ooh. in the UP that weekend. So, <laughs> Ooh, well, good luck to him. Hopefully, yeah. they get, hopefully they won it. I was hoping it was going to be one of the tournaments downstate by the border because then we would have snuck away for a while <laughs> and drove three hours down. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Well, Jason, uh, till next time, hang on, Sloopy. Keep calm and Buckeye on.